Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. In this episode, I'll be discussing spring cereal weed control strategies with Owen Lyons, who's working on the Chagas Boromald Joint Program. I first asked Owen how spring cereals are looking out there at the moment. Yeah, so I suppose the majority of the crops that I'd be looking at um, would be the, the malt, spring malt and barley. And look, I suppose the majority went in there around that late March time and when the uh, the weather took up there and seabeds dried out considerably. And I suppose for the most part, establishment was excellent, but there are a few um, crops out there where I suppose seabeds were overly cloddy and, and they didn't break down well um, pre-sow and, and, and plant counts have taken a hit because of that. So look, the majority of crops are up around that 300 uh, plants per square meter. Uh, but there are crops down as low as 200 plants, so they are a concern. But I suppose the progression and the growth of these crops, they're coming up now, I suppose, on the four leaf stage or maybe the tree leaf with a tiller coming. And really, we are looking now at um, the ideal timing for herbicide to be applied. Um, I suppose one thing with crops um, is now lack of moisture. Um, they are Looking, looking at them, I suppose last week there was a good deal of moisture um, down in the seabed because most seabeds were rolled post-drilling. It, it allowed that moisture to be locked in. Um, but as, we, as this week progresses, we see that that moisture is, is slowly getting deeper and deeper in the seabed and the roots can't access it. So crops are starting to struggle for that bit of moisture. Um, and I suppose from, from a weed point of view is that flush of weeds is not there at the moment um, to actually go in. And, and put on your herbicide because the, there's just not enough weeds present to kill. But um, hopefully in the next few days, um, that, that rain is due to come and we get good crop and weed growth um, and get our herbicides applied. Okay, so I suppose weeds aren't there, number one, and crops are a little bit delicate. So um, try, trying to get uh, the crop to look a bit stronger might be, might be the first thing. But we know that we're going to have to control weeds at some stage. So um, how should a farmer decide upon the best strategy for particular fields? Yeah, so look, I suppose there's, there's a number of steps to, I suppose, that a grower should think about before deciding on what herbicides to use um, on particular fields on the farm. And I suppose the, the first and, and the overall um, kind of concept of all these steps is your IPM approach or integrated pest management. So I suppose IPM starts um, before we go and look for a can of herbicide to kill the weed within the crop. So I'm talking about things like getting our, our, our stale seabeds, getting, getting all our grass weeds controlled with pre-plowing um, or, or, or pre-cultivation. Um, and, then, and then trying to trying to look at things at um, picking the right product to control the weeds we have. And I suppose um, coming out from that then, we want to look at, at, at different aspects such as our history. So what type of weeds um, have we seen in that field um, before um, in other years growing cereals? Um, then we want to look at our crop growth. So as I said there before, what stage um, the crop is, is at. And ideally, we want to be at that, that four leaf stage or maybe three leaves with a tiller coming. Um, thirdly, then we want to identify the weeds that are present within the field so that we pick a herbicide that, that will kill the weed that we have. Okay, um, Because weeds will differ depending on, on where we are in the country um, or what type of, of soil type or, or field type that a, that a grower might have. Um, then it's always good then to look at 
the previous herbicides that we use on the farm. So most most fields will probably have the same kind of re reoccurring weeds. So if a herbicide worked well before, the chances are it will work well now. So it's, it's good to look back and see what we used in previous years. Um, then it's it's how the crop is growing, um, but also how the weed is growing will, will influence um, what way we apply our herbicides as well. So ideally, we're looking for for the, both the crop and the weed to be actively growing. So look, it 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 can be difficult, but if if we can manage it um, to get three good days pre um, application of a herbicide, three good growth days, and three good growth days after um, we apply a herbicide to ensure that that the actively grown weed can take in the, the herbicide that's applied. And also the actively grown crop um, will, be, will be limited as, as regards stress. Um, because as we know, like herbicides are a stress to the crop and we want, especially in spring barley, because it's such a short growing period, we want to eliminate as much stress as possible uh, from the crop, if at all possible. Okay, so you have, I suppose, various different uh, herbicides there and you're talking about various different uh, the histories of fields and that kind of thing. But could a farmer be tempted just to say, well, you know what, I'm just going to do a blanket treatment on all of my area? Well, look, it's very tempting to, um, to say that, that I would just go in and, and buy all the, the chemical I need for all the area of spring barley. But I suppose a word of caution with that. As I said, it's about identifying the weeds that we have uh, within the field. So if, if, if one field has, say, a bad um, poppy issue and maybe another field might have a, a bad... Um, and marigold or something like that you know it, it's about identifying the fields um, and then identifying which herbicide i can apply to the fields for, for best uh, control so look if if all the fields within the farm have the same similar type weed issues well then a blanket approach could be could be um the way to, to go about controlling the weeds but if not um it is best practice i suppose to, to try and find the best suited herbicide for the weed problem Okay, so you mentioned uh, th th there's different herbicides there. What are those main types of herbicides? And is it necessary to combine those herbicides into one application? Yeah, so I suppose the types of herbicides first, there's, there's really two types of herbicides that, uh, that we use on, on spring barley. And these um, consist of your SUs or your sulfonyreas, which usually come in that smaller 100, 100 gram pack. Um, and also the hormonal based herbicides, which usually come in, in, in your five litre can or your, your, your bigger can compared to the SUs. And really what the sulfonyreas are, they're, they're kind of the most common herbicides that, that are used um, uh, on, on spring barley. And they're a broad ranging uh, herbicide. They, they will control a large number of weeds. Um, and the type of herbicides that, that I'll be talking about that come under that, that SU banner is kind of your, your Ali Max, your Cameo Max, Harmony Max, and there's a wide range of others um, that, that are also the same. But the thing is with the SUs, they, they won't kill everything. Although they're broad, there, there's still some weeds that, that they cannot kill. And this is where our hormonal herbicides come in. So really a hormonal herbicide on its own, it, it really has a very narrow spectrum uh, of weeds that it can control. But when we mix the two together, so put your SU and your hormonal together at the correct rates, we can get a, a very wide range uh, of weeds controlled within the crops. So to answer your question, it, it really is vital that we mix the, the, both the SU and the hormonal um, herbicides together in order to ensure that we get 
complete um, control of weeds in the string barley and, and, and make sure that yield is not affected. Okay, so you mentioned there that, that some herbicides can be good on one weed and other herbicides can, can be good on another weed. How does a grower figure out that? How does he know where to find that information? Yeah, so on each can of either, either or any type of herbicide, um, there, there will be on the label, there will be a list of all the weeds um, that, that, that may be in a, a crop of spring barley. And on, on that, it'll, it'll give the, how the, that herbicide will control that particular weed given it's applied at, at the recommended rate. Okay, so listed then uh, amongst them underneath all these weeds is it's given a rating. So it's either listed as S, um, M or R. So S is is susceptible. So the weed is susceptible to to that herbicide. Um, MS then is moderately susceptible, or R is resistant or poor control. So it's important that a grower would would look at these tables after identifying the weeds that are within the field to look at the table and see will this herbicide kill the weed that I have. And I suppose it's important there just on, on I mentioned the R or stands for resistant or poor control that R is it's not that the weed is resistant it's just that 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 particular herbicide has poor control on that um, on that weed or will not control it whereas if we look and go look at a different herbicide uh, we could get very good control uh, of that particular weed. Okay so when you mentioned you have um, S for susceptible you have uh, MS for moderately susceptible and you have MR and R as well. So if one of my weeds or a number of my weeds uh, end up uh, in the moderately resist, moderately susceptible category, uh, is it a case that I need to look at a hormone uh, that has a good susceptibility on those particular weeds, weeds and match the two of them together so that we get good control? Yeah, exactly. So this is where our, our mixing co really comes in. So look, I mentioned that that the, the SU or sulfonylurea will cover that that broad range, but as you say, if if you come up and you see on the chart that, that there is an MS beside the sulfonylurea, that's when we have to look at our hormonal base and, and pull that in to fill in the gaps, basically. Okay. okay, so just to give, I suppose, an example of that um, would, be, would be a product, Pixaro, uh, which wouldn't be considered a, a fairly broad range. It, it's very select, but it does have good activity on, on resistant chickweed, just to give an example that, that maybe other chemistry wouldn't be... Uh, uh, good on so so that you mentioned resistance now so are you you're talking about uh, i presume true resistance to, to herbicide to a herbicide that probably should kill that weed what are the main weeds that are out there that guys should be looking for that, that we know are resistant and maybe a second part of that is how does a farmer prevent that happening on the ground yeah i suppose just before i get into the, the kind of common resistant weeds that we have here in crops in ireland just i suppose to give give an insight into what resistance really is. So I suppose resistance in itself is when the application of the particular herbicide that's applied to the crop does not kill the target weed that we had intended it to kill. Okay, so this is a serious problem uh, if you do see it in fields. And I suppose how to spot it if we do have resistance within the field is to, after application of the herbicide, to go out and inspect the field and try and find a cluster um, of, of particular weeds that are of the same species. And if you notice on the ground that 
there is one weed that has been controlled that is that is actually dying and beside it there is um this, that the same type weed that is still um green and, and and has not been harmed by the herbicide well then we know that that particular weed um could be um of a resistant uh strain and we may need to look at, at, at changing up the chemistry for the following year in order to try and to try and control that um but i suppose on top of that then is is to try and remember back then to to what um, maybe from from last harvest to see did we see anything in the in the stubbles maybe um when the corn was cut any weeds that that maybe came through that didn't get good control and that maybe looking forward to weed control this year we might try and find um a herbicide that could actually um kill that that weed that might be present so look the, the kind of weeds that i'm talking about that that may be um resistant in, in tillage crops here in Ireland is, is kind of weeds like corn marigold and uh, chickweed and, and poppy and weeds like this. But like although they're resistant, there is chemical out there that that will um that will have good activity on on these particular weeds. So if for in corn marigold's case if you get a product like Galaxy um or chickweed as as I said Pixaro it has good activity on that. So although it, it is bad to have um no, a resistant weed, a known once resistant weed within the crop. There, there is um, hormonal-based chemicals out there that that can give control. So, Owen, would I be right in saying that there, that resistance that that you say to what is water cider, chickweed, or marigold, or poppy, that it's actually resistant to the sulfonylureas, so the alleys or the cameos or the harmonies, yeah. and um, that it, if it's resistant to one, the chances are it's pretty well resistant to all of the sulfonylureas. Yeah, more than likely. We have to try and look at a hormonal base um, to, to try and control that. Different, it come, coming from a different direction, a different active. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So look, just to, to the last one I really want to chat about a little bit is that um, there's lots of wild oats out there as well. Um, they need to be controlled. Um, what sort of timing should we go for those? Can can be all done together or does it need to be in a sequence? Yeah, so I suppose the straightforward question to that is, yes, it can. Um, be done with your broadleaf weed control in most cases but there are some uh, broadleaf herbicides which are not compatible with your wild oat herbicide and the type of herbicide i'm talking about is type of your mcpa or cmpp and really they can't be mixed or you won't get good wild oat control um now some growers um maybe they, they, they might like to go as maybe the two leaf stage if you're putting on an aphicide um, and, and go with your wild low control then, or maybe they might leave it till your T1 time and um, after your broad leave weed control. But it's just important that there is intervals between applying your wild oat herbicide separately um, and applying your, your broad leave weed con, um, control herbicide. So it's important that, that we see, that we, that we look at the product labels and make sure that them intervals um, are maintained. But just um, if there is growers that, that are putting it in with their broad leave weed herbicide, it's good to remember that it is an extra herbicide in the tank, so it is that extra stress um, on the crop. And I talked about avoiding stress um, for spring barley. So it's vital that excellent, good um, growing conditions are there to ensure stress is eliminated. And the final point on, on wild oats is that if we are applying it um, with, with our broadleaf weeds, is that full rates must be, um, must be maintained um of your of your wild oat herbicide and just the example of this is your axial pro which which is probably the main the main um wild oat herbicide that that growers will be applying so it's important that that 0.6 rate 
um, 0.6 litre to hectare that full rate is applied in that instance. Okay, Owen, look, that's, that's brilliant. And maybe just a couple of things that, that kind of struck me in, in, in the conversation as we're talking about it. Um, first, I, I think is that we guys really need to get out in fields and identify the weeds that they, that they have in front of them. And uh, the second one is to try and hit weeds at a young and early stage if they can. And you also said a, a thing there, which I thought was very interesting, that if we can manage to have about three good days of growth before you apply herbicide and three good days afterwards, you're probably going to get the best from any applied herbicide. Absolutely, yeah. Owen, thank you very much, and we'll be chatting to you again. That's it for the Tillage Edge this week, and my thanks to Owen Lyons for joining me on the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more farming information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.